T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Happy to have you with us here on this Monday morning. Uh, We will certainly get back to uh, more of the post-game of the Chiefs, post-post-game of the Chiefs Super Bowl win, certainly coming up a little bit later in the show. This was a story that I saw absolutely everywhere this weekend, and it's awful. It's absolutely horrible. There are no better words for it, but we got to talk about it because there are two theories that are kind of circulating about what could have happened here. Yeah, it was the case right here in town where uh, a woman by the name of Mariah Thomas now stands accused of gross child neglect resulting in death for the death of her infant because she said she put the baby, instead of down for a nap in the crib, put the baby down for a nap in the oven. Yeah, it is a Class A felony endangering the welfare of a child in the first-degree death of a child. She faces 10 years in prison, um, and this was discovered on Monday afternoon. It was right before we got off the air. Uh, The child was one month old child was found uh, with apparent burns. Police responded after being dispatched on a report of a non breathing infant. And they were told again, the mother of the child was putting the child down for a nap. I don't like the word accidentally, but we can, or mistakenly, however you want to put it, placed the child in the oven instead of the crib. The phrase that's not in this that I feel like needs to be said a little bit more than it is, is the oven was on, yeah. obviously. Right. Yeah. They, they, they talked about thermal injury, thermal injuries, pardon me, that the child sustained, that the bodysuit that the child was wearing was melted to her diaper. I mean, it was awful. And uh, there's a couple of significant things about this that we need to talk about as well. The first is the fact that she apparently didn't call. She's not the one who made the call to the authorities. It was her father who came home Mm -hmm. and saw. And and the other significant thing about this is that when the father came home and the child was found not breathing and with all of these injuries and, and soot all over and everything else, is that at that point, the child was in the crib. So she took the child out and put the child in the crib. I mean, there's so much going on here that that does not make sense to anybody except for in light of, like you said, the the theories that people are now espousing about what may have been going on here. Okay, so the first thing I said about this before we learned a few more details about it was how many different drugs do you have to be on at the same time and how much to do this? That, that was my first, the first place my head went. But in watching more of the comments over the weekend, because again, this was in The Guardian. I mean, it was absolutely everywhere over the weekend. What I started to hear a little bit was women, mothers say, 
the term is called postpartum psychosis. If you, I have never given birth. Those of you that have, educate us a little bit. Well, first of all, I want to know what you think of this story. And I, I want to know if there is a universe in which a mother in a post either exhaustion or postpartum depression or give me a scenario in which this is not intentional murder. Yeah, I, I would struggle to do that because it's interesting in that. I mean, she hasn't said, right? I mean, she she said, oh, it was a mistake. The difference, okay, when you're thinking about postpartum depression and postpartum psychosis, there is a vast gulf of difference in between the two. Postpartum yes. depression is what we often hear referred to as the baby blues, that new mothers, uh, and in fact, my ex-wife, after our first son was born, went through a little bit of this, where sometimes you have trouble connecting with the child. You don't right. even really feel like it's your child. I mean, there, there are some things that can go on that are completely hormonal. I mean, it, right. it has to do with your Hormones body. Hormones did a major swing. Right. You're doing a major adjustment back to normal, and that can have all kinds of, of negative effects on your psyche at the time. Postpartum psychosis is often murderous. The one, um, the, the one case that I think most of us will remember, either from the late 90s or the early, early 2000s, I'd have to check, was the woman in Texas who drowned five of her kids. Right. And that was the one where the you know dad had gone off, even though he knew she was suffering postpartum psychosis, went off on a business trip and left her alone with the kids, and she killed them all. And yeah. she said that she killed them all in order to save them from the devil. That it was, uh, you know, that, that she was effectively trying to save them by killing them. That's psychotic behavior. In this mm -hmm. case, saying, "Oh, I made a mistake. I thought it was the, you know, the I thought it was the crib, and it was the oven instead." That doesn't. I mean, I'm not a psychologist or a trained psychiatrist or anything like that. But to me, that does not sound anything like the cases of postpartum psychosis that I've read about. Nothing. Okay, so here are a few details uh, in addition to what we gave you that might sway you one way or the other. So this was out of NBC News. Uh, the baby's grandparents told detectives they left the home they share with their daughter earlier that morning. Child's grandmother, and I don't know if this is mom's mom or who this is, but the child's grandmother got a call about 1 p.m., from the mom who was hysterical and told the grandmother she had put the infant in the oven instead of the crib. Grandfather returns home after grandma calls him, his wife calls him and says something was wrong with the baby. He told detectives he could smell smoke inside and he found, like John said, the baby dead in her crib. And that's when the baby's mother told grandpa she accidentally put her in the oven. And I'm gonna spare you some of the other thermal injury details that are about that are in here baby blanket had burn marks i mean so it, it just the worst version of this how does this happen and that's why it's exactly why it doesn't sound like postpartum psychosis to me because in in a case of true postpartum i mean keep in mind the legal definition of insanity is you cannot distinguish between right and wrong so she would have if if it was a psychotic episode she would have seen nothing wrong with what she did when she called the parents in mm -hmm. hysterics, she knew that what she did was wrong. Now, why she did it, we don't know. But she obviously still had that part of her psyche intact. And, and I mean, it, it sounds much more to me, like you said, I mean, whether it was exhaustion or drugs or a combination of both, that, that you, that's not the kind of mistake you, you ever can 
can explain. I mean, not only the kind of mistake you can never make, but the kind that would, it doesn't even make any sense. I'm, oh God, I'm just having a hard time. Um, somebody just said she turned the oven on for a reason. Yeah, I wondered that too. I said, why was the, why, you know, if the oven was on and she put the baby in the oven, that had to have been intentional. But then I thought, well, maybe she was baking cookies. Yeah. I mean, maybe the oven was on for a different reason. Sure. Or had been on earlier and just hadn't gotten rid of that heat yet. What we don't know is how long the baby was in the oven. I can't even believe these words are coming out of my mouth. Um, and I don't want to be nonchalant about it. No, I, I understand. You know, it's, it's just weird to be saying, we don't know how long the baby was in there before she realized it. Now, back to the psychosis point, you're right. I don't know enough about it either. But it occurs, is it possible that, um, somebody educate me, maybe, but like, could she, could it have been a psychotic moment? And then she snaps to reality and realizes what she's done? I, I don't know either. Yeah, I, I mean, I... I don't see how. I mean, psychosis doesn't usually manifest that way. It's not the kind of. It's not like a light switch. You know what I mean? That uh, it's almost always a continuum. Now, I'm sure we're going to learn a lot more about her behavior over the last month or so. Right. In upcoming days, we just don't know that yet. And did the grandparents have any reason at all? I mean, was there anything in her behavior pattern that had been different? Were, did they have a reason to? hesitate when they left the house that day right and and that we just don't know yet but her all of a sudden just snapping back to to reality i i don't think so i mean i again i hate to say this i really do because neither one of these things is in any way justifiable but i see two possibilities here the one possibility is she was severely doped up on what i have no mm -hmm. idea the other possibility is she did it on purpose but if she did it, and I know, and I'm going back and forth too, but if she did it on purpose, why then call grandma and grandpa and say, I did this? Inventing you know? a story. Inventing a story well, yeah. to, you know, to, to do what you just did, to, to sow doubt, to say, well, maybe she was nuts for a minute, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. that, that sort of thing. Um, uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't see any, any middle ground and I don't see other explanation that, that makes any sense whatsoever. And I, I think that, I mean, if and when this sees the inside of the courtroom, which I kind of doubt, um, then I, I think those are going to be incredibly difficult things to try to explain. Yeah. If you wanted to kill your baby, why put it in the oven? Yeah. 913-586-7798. A lot of you are texting in. We'll go to your calls here. John's called us up out of Liberty. Hey, John, welcome in. Well, she's uh, had PTSD, and she all of a sudden understands she did something wrong. Why the delay in calling? We don't know. Yeah, why did she call her parents instead of calling the cops? Well, yeah, I mean, if she had it, oh, my golly, I did this. I mean, and where is there a father in the mixture here? It's not mentioned. Nope. Yeah, we're, we're uh, giving you everything we have. Involved. You're right. Okay. All right. Have a good day. John, you do the same. Too. Thanks a lot for the call. Yeah, it's not in the reporting anywhere. So one would assume there is a, a male somewhere. We just don't know. Somebody where. on the text line had also asked her age. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know if you have that in front of you, but I would say. I thought I saw 26. I would say by looking at her mid-20s. But that's, I, I mean, they, yeah, that can be, that would make sense, I think. Um, uh, yeah, but yeah, we'll, looking, we'll, I, we'll see if we can find 26, out for sure. Yeah, Was she 26? Okay. Yep.
Yeah. Um, yeah, the girl's name now is being, I don't know, the Daily Beast has got the girl's name. It was a girl, one-month-old girl. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't, t- 10 years is not enough. If this was intentional, 10 years is not enough. And why is this? I mean, this is also the second time in a fairly short period of time that we've been talking about something awful that happened to a child that has been charged with that same charge. Mm-hmm. Instead of going manslaughter or murder, we're talking about, I know you had it right in front of you a minute ago, but uh, yeah, it was, was it child neglect or tra- it was in child endangerment? Da- yeah, Endangering the welfare of a child causing death. Causing death, right. Yeah. And we've seen that a couple of times. If it If the negligence is that gross, and again, prosecutors have the ability to change charges later on to to up yeah. a charge as more information comes in if they start to get the idea that she did this on purpose this is going to be a murder charge before the end of the week yeah you you charge her with something just to and, yeah to get yeah. her into the system and then yeah work it from there uh let's go to amanda and lawrence hi amanda hey amanda hey there um so my question when my, my boyfriend told me about this story is when you put something in the oven, you have to pull the racks out. And so if you're extremely tired, I mean, like, pulling the racks out, the baby didn't cry. I'm sure the baby, if you put it in the oven on a rack, it would have started crying. Immediately. Uh, Absolutely. Immediately. And then, so, I'm thinking, it has to be, you know, in my opinion, it has to be intentional. And maybe she did it out of frustration. Maybe the baby wouldn't be quiet. Maybe she was frustrated with the baby. And that's just something that went through her head. And then she realized that she made a big mistake, but she can't go back. And she has to give some excuse to why these babies have burns. And she said it was an accident. But there's so much you have to do to put a baby in the oven that's out different from putting a baby in a crib. You yeah. pull the racks out. You turn the oven on. You shut the door. You open the door. The baby didn't cry. Like, none of it makes any sense. So I really feel like she did it on purpose. All right. Yeah, I yeah, I know none of us wants to think that, right? I mean, you, you don't want to think that about a mother and a, and a child. And yet, uh, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to just discount that possibility because it's so far out of our normal experience. Um, I mean, she's right, because, again, we're talking about one of two possibilities. The oven was on already, mm-hmm. in which case the child would have shrieked as soon as it was placed on a hot rack. Right. And the other possibility is she put the child into a cold oven and then turned the gas on. In which case you wouldn't. I don't know enough about how a child dies in an oven to know how fast it heats up. Yeah. And it's possible if she's drugged up, she passes out and doesn't hear crying and doesn't hear anything. Mm hmm. This is a hard one. Uh, 913-586-7798. We'll take a break. We'll get to more of your comments next on KMBZ. Talk about the story out of Kansas City. This happened on Friday afternoon. Um, I feel like we've got to warn you a little bit because it's hard to talk about it without talking about it. But you have a mom who claims that she mistook the oven for the crib when she went to put her one-month-old child down for a nap. At some point, she either realized it or decided to call the grandparents, freaking out, saying this is what just happened. Uh, Police were called and the baby was pronounced dead there with burns in in every possibility. A Couple of you have suggested perhaps she killed the baby and then 
put the baby in the oven. To try to destroy evidence or yeah. for whatever reason. And that's certainly possible. I mean, we don't know. All we know is what her version of events was. But, you know, the, the one last thing in my mind that solidifies that that some kind of psychotic event probably isn't what happened here is that when somebody goes through that, they they don't lie and they don't um, they don't shy away from talking about what they did. Because, again, it goes back to not understanding that what you did was wrong. If you don't think what you did was wrong and somebody says, what happened? Why did you do that? You just tell them. And in this case, she didn't do that. Uh, This it was a mistake thing. That's not something you would expect to come out of the mouth of somebody who is in the middle in the middle of a, a psychotic break. Yeah. Again, why do you call grandparents instead of 911? Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me, especially if you are if I am hysterical I, uh, if I did something wrong, maybe I'm calling my mom or whatever. But yeah. if I am hysterical, you call 911. Why do you call the grandparents and say, this is what just happened? Yeah. If, if you, if it genuinely was an accident, you're calling to get medical help as fast as you possibly can. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Right. Because if you're not sure, if you're not sure whether that child can be revived, you call immediately the people who can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Or a neighbor or scream or walk out in the street and start screaming for help. I mean, why is that your first step? I I also want to take just a second. I mean, this isn't going to advance the conversation necessarily in that direction of, you know, what what happened here or give us any greater understanding of it. But I want to take just a second and talk uh, about the people who had to respond to that. Because these are the things that we th- we never think about. I mean, we think about, you know, the, oh, they're heroes, the EMTs and the police who do this kind of work. Do you know what kind of psychiatrist or, you know, what kind of psychiatric hit that is to have to walk into that scene and be able to, to be professional and do your job when you're faced with ha- what has to be the most horrifying thing you have ever seen in your life? And to them, I hope, and I know that they have it available to them. I mean, whether it comes to EMTs or fire you know, responders or police or whomever, that they have those kinds of services available to them, those kinds of psychiatric services. I hope, they, I hope every single one of them takes advantage of it. They're going to need it. I mean, I don't like to throw the term PTSD around. No. Because but- it's, it's a very serious, it, I think sometimes we use that term too lightly. But that is what this would be, especially because you know what you're going into. I mean, you know, at the very least, you know, the call is child not breathing. Yeah. So at the very least, you know, you're encountering a child that may or may not be able to be um, revived. The visual of that, you that's you don't you never get that image out of your head. And not only that, but you she's there. Presumably, yeah. the, 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 right. the woman who did this is there, and there's not a out, outside of putting her in cuffs and putting her in the car, there's nothing you can do about it. Can't scream at her, can't hit her, can't do all of the things that, that would, I mean, that when you see that, those kinds of visceral, you know, violent reactions to seeing somebody do that to a defenseless child, you've got to suppress all of that. And do your job. And again, for that, I can't I can't say I would be able to do that. In fact, I can pretty well say I would not be able to keep myself under that kind of control. Also to be those grandparents. Oh. To be that grandfather. Yeah. And that's who, your who made daughter. that discovery initially. 
If you have further thoughts, 913-586-7798. Um, I don't think bond was set. I don't think this is the kind of thing that gets bond. Um, and I don't know when her next court hearing is, but we'll definitely follow this one to see. Um, I, I was impressed with the number of details we got over the weekend. Gene Peters Baker put out a statement. Probable cause statement was released. So we'll see what else we uh, learn about this one this week. Coming up, uh, we will go to California for the decision a principal made during an active shooter drill with kids. This this was a decision that was made. We'll get to that coming up here in KMBZ. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back here with you on this Monday uh, on KMBZ. Uh, We're still getting texts about the story. I know um, the story uh, about Mariah Thomas and the mom with the baby. Um, We're going to move on from it for now. If we learn anything else, I, it, it's getting some strong reactions. I get it. This is one of the hardest stories that we've done in quite a while. So keep those coming in, and we'll continue to follow the story as we get the details. All right, we go to California for this next story. Uh, under the category of what on earth were you thinking, we go to this principal. Principal, who's in charge of a school, making a decision like this. Yeah, decided to do an active shooter drill. In an elementary school, and and I want to make sure that that we're all on the same page with this. We're not talking about a middle school. We're not talking about a high school. We're talking about little kids in an elementary school. Now, that's not to say you shouldn't have that kind of training in an elementary school because, well, we've seen some pretty high-profile shootings happen at elementary schools. But it's the way she decided to do it. And I think the first mistake that she made, Jamie, is she didn't clear it with anybody. She just came up with this idea, didn't clear it with the district, didn't, you know, didn't talk to anybody about it, just decided that she was going to, without warning anybody that this was coming, start walking around the school acting as though she, the principal herself, was the active shooter and using finger guns, right, going around going, bang, you're dead, bang, you're dead, to a bunch of third graders. And banging on windows. Yep. Like she was walking around the outside of the school banging on windows and like John's like, boom, you're dead with the finger gun. Um, And this is according to parents. Some of the children who witnessed this were as young as four years old. Pre-kindergarten. Pre-K. Six-year-old said, I'm just really glad uh, none of my friends died. So the kids didn't realize it was a drill. After the drill, uh, where exactly was this? This was San Gabriel Gabriel. Elementary School. After... After the drill, staff members claimed the principal made an announcement over the loudspeaker for the school saying seven children were dead. Again, this is allegedly part of a drill. She just got this job as principal in the fall of last year. Mm -hmm. 
I, I, what are you thinking? Yeah. Uh, what are you thinking? Uh, how many stories do we do like that where our only response is, I, 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 I mean, it's so completely inexplicable because... I mean, the school district did uh, eventually acknowledge all of these things did, in fact, happen. And that's when they said we had no knowledge of the no foreknowledge that any of this was coming. There was even going to be a drill at this school. So they do this lockdown drill. The principal's going around banging on the windows and pretending to shoot kids with finger guns. And she has now been placed on leave, which is not terribly surprising. That's mm-hmm. the update on the story is that, yeah, three days, uh, yeah, four, three or four days after this incident took place, that the principal's already been placed on leave. We don't know whether that's paid leave or, you know, unpaid kind of administrative leave. But I'm thinking she needs to be getting a resume together right about now because here's the thing I don't understand. And, Jamie, maybe you can clear this up for me because – I'm I'm not fond of active shooter drills by I mean just by their very nature. I hate the fact that we even have to have the discussion about whether we should have them. Yeah. But I, but I don't think they're a good idea. I certainly don't think they're that great an idea for elementary schools. But you know, you take that back to uh, fire drills, which mm-hmm. you and I had when we were little kids. We had we had yeah. fire drills in school. We didn't have active shooter drills, but they didn't set the school on fire. Yeah, we had tornado drills. Growing up in the Midwest, we had tornado drills. Um, And, yeah, they didn't bring fans in to blow (laughs) 100-mile-an-hour winds through the halls. Why do we have to play act like this? I mean, if the drill is you get a code over the loudspeaker in the school, you know something's going on, teacher locks the doors, kids get up against the wall or, you know, locked in the closet or whatever and turn the lights off and all of that stuff, why do we need the person walking around school pretending to be the shooter? You don't. And the reason you know you don't is because it wasn't authorized by the superintendent who would have said no. (laughs) Usually those drills Uh are district wide. Usually they happen on the same day or at least they're they're district coordinated. That way everybody's kind of on the same page about it. Um, Yeah, she had just been hired in the fall. This is going to be a pretty short tenure for I don't want her to get her resume together. She this is this person should not be in charge of children. Yeah. Ever. Never, never be in charge of kids again. The the text line just piped up with, yeah, I guess you're a little bit older than probably the two of us. I remember doing one of these, the old duck and cover drills for for nuclear war. But but again, they didn't get on the loudspeaker and start playing sound effects of bombs going off. Yeah. um, With the little kids, it's delicate, right? Because you don't you. uh, You need them to take it seriously when it happens. But you don't want to scare them. Yep. And so that's just a very, very fine line to walk. And my understanding of when you're dealing with little kids like that is that the key is just have it be a couple of very simple, clear actions. They need to know where to go, which what they do is they listen to your teacher. I mean, really, that's all that's necessary is listen to the adult in the room. Yeah. And you teach the adults what to do. Sure. But maybe there's a place in the classroom that they're supposed to go or stay away from windows. But just a couple of very simple actions. And those things can all be taught. And in fact, you don't even necessarily have to make them about being an active shooter drill. I mean, you mentioned the tornado drills. You know what the difference between how you're supposed to act in a tornado warning versus an active shooter? They're almost identical. Stay away from windows, like you just mentioned. Get up against an interior wall in the room, like you Mm -hmm. you said. I mean, it's all going to be the same kinds of thing. The only thing that would be any different is shut the lights off and lock the door. 
Yeah. And again, most of that the teacher is going to do. Yep. So you really just need them to understand when you hear this sound or you hear this direction from your teacher, here's where you know, just do what they say. Just listen and pay attention. A loudspeaker announcement saying seven kids are were killed. Where I need to look her up on LinkedIn. What's, <laughs> what's the school that she went to that like what what job did she have before this yeah or was or was there one i mean was she yeah. fresh out of college i don't know how old she is but uh, i mean I, I don't know does one normally walk right she out of college older. into a principal okay yeah because that seems like the kind of job that you would have to work up to my age i mean she looks like she's in her mid-40s yeah usually to be a principal i mean you generally you teach for a while first even if you have the administration degree usually you you have to work in a school for a while yeah um I don't, maybe this was her first job as a principal. They could be, yeah. And she just figured, okay, well, I'll make the most of it. <laughs> I'll do something innovative. You know, doing <laughs> something fun. doing something innovative, yeah, not not always the best plan. Uh, yeah, I hope she's fired. I hope it's I hope the time right now is just spent talking to lawyers just to make sure that they're doing it the right way and that she's getting whatever she's due and I hope she never teaches or is in charge of kids ever again because that's just yeah, I'm looking at, yeah. Cir that's circulate just... that petition. I'll sign it. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> me no, too. No doubt. No joke. All right, let's go to Jacksonville, Florida uh, for this next story about what this neighbor, what these neighbors don't want. What a weird one this is because yeah. of what they, they've been through in the past. This is a particular area of Jacksonville, Florida, where they had gone through a dust up over the last couple of years because there was a liquor store that tried to come into town. And the, the for whatever reason, they didn't want it. No, not in our neighborhood. We don't need a liquor store around here. We don't want that kind of influence around here. So they banded together, which is what you do, you know, in a case like that where there's something going on that you don't want to see. And they successfully fought off the business license for this liquor store. Well, now they're at it again because the city wants to put a 350-body morgue in the very same neighborhood. And guess what? The neighbors are going through it again, and they're saying, no, we don't want this here. We don't want this thing. And, and a couple of them are making that comparison back to what they went through with the liquor store and saying, hey, you know, if, if you thought we were done after we successfully fought off the liquor store, guess what? We don't want this either, and we're going to go through and do the exact same thing. Uh, one woman said, if we didn't want a liquor store in the community, what would make them think we would be satisfied with a 300-body morgue? What's the analogy there? I know. What's the? <laughs> I don't get it either. Like, no, I'll ask. What? What? What is their issue with? Like, of all things to be upset about, what are they worried about? This to me is a fundamental lack of understanding of what a morgue is. Yes. And what happens there, and what the smell may be, or whatever is is coming into the neighborhood. Yeah, that's as may be, but still, I mean, it's not like you can go without a city morgue. Right. And I don't get, I mean, if, if you're going to say, okay, well, we don't want a liquor store because, you know, it's it's the music man, right? Uh, we don't want trouble here in River City. We don't want to bring in a liquor store because it's going to, you know, turn all the kids into alcoholics and all of that. Okay, you can at least see the debate. But when they're saying, we don't want that morgue here, we're, what, what they're encouraging more dead people? Is is that what the, you know, all the kids are going to see all those dead people and think, boy, I want to be dead. It doesn't make any sense at all. And I don't understand what they think is going to happen to their neighborhood with the addition of a morgue. 
This was the quote from one of the neighbors, same neighbor. To put a morgue in a neighborhood, who does that? Um, she said. Cities. <laughs> Where do you want them to put it? Where do you think the morgue has been in any other city you've lived in until now? Yeah. And chances are it might have been down the street from you and you had no idea. It was just a building. Yeah. It's just in an office building that you had no idea about before. Oh, and they've already started construction on this. Yeah, uh, it's a hundred, uh, not a hundred million, a one point eight million dollar uh, bond issue that they put out to try to get this thing constructed. So, yeah, I mean, uh, Gibson, uh, they say one of the people involved in this reached out to Jacksonville City Council member at large, Matt Carlucci, to find out if the residents can have an impact and was told, he said, uh, I wasn't much aware of this until folks started coming up and complaining about the liquor store that they brought up the morgue to. So, yeah, they're still trying to figure it out. They were kind of blindsided by this, it sounds like, because who would oppose that? Yeah, you would never think. Again, I don't understand the analogy. If we didn't want a liquor store, why would you think we'd want a morgue? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, well, morgues, you know, beer leads to death, I think, is maybe the, the line there. Um, yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't understand it any better than anybody else does. Somebody just said on the text line, it should be in a business area, not in a neighborhood. Business areas butt up against neighborhoods all over the place. Yeah, why? Uh, to the texter that just said that, why? Yeah, and I mean, to that, ex to that end, you're right. It's going to have to be zoned business anyway. Yeah. But, I mean, we used to live... The, like on the dividing line between an area that was zoned commercial and an area that was zoned residential. We were obviously on the residential side, but right over the fence from us was a big like um, industrial park where they did auto work and things like that. So, I mean, that was right next door. And so it would be largely the same thing. It's like the people who live behind strip malls. Yeah. 913-586-7798. If you agree, no morgue in my backyard. Feel free to give us a call. Uh, still have some entertainment stories that we'll get to here to wrap the hour next on KMBZ. Coming up at 1230, uh, the city manager for Independence um, will join us coming up. Uh, Zach Walker is his name. Late last week, we talked about this proposal in Independence to have the Royals have a stadium in Independence. Because <laughs> we needed to draw this out even more. Because it needs to be more complicated than it already is. And I don't, um, maybe it's not nice of me to be mocking it a little bit. Uh, I, I just don't understand the proposal. And so we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll go further into that um, coming up at 1230 and see what the proposal is. By the way, there is no word from John Sherman. I mean, as far as I've seen, again, m uh, early voting, military starts voting. Today is the 12th. What did we say? The 16th? 16th, yeah. Yeah. So... Um, he had said he was going to make some kind of announcement about a location for the stadium by the 29th. So we're still talking two and a half weeks. My prediction was if we won the Super Bowl, he would wait until get us past Wednesday and the parade. You Nothing like waiting until the last minute. I you guess. still thinking Thursday? Thursday is going to be the day when something solid, something concrete is going to be out there. Maybe not an official announcement of the site, but that there's going to be something. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows anymore? I I'm going to say by Friday. Okay. Sure. All right. Sure. Because he kept saying in that statement um, that he put out a week or two ago, uh, how did he put it? Um, like a, they were, um, oh, meaningful. He kept saying a meaningful announcement, like that they were taking into consideration. They knew that military starts voting on the 16th and they 
assumed they want to know the location of the stadium before they voted on that sales tax extension. Yeah. Who knows? Well, Who knows and, anymore? and maybe they're figuring that it's not going to be a situation where everybody will be champing at the bit to go out and vote on this, especially with early voting. I don't know how many votes they expect between Friday and the 29th. Yeah, I mean, that's only yeah. that's a day less than three weeks. So yeah. eh, or a day less than two weeks, I should say. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how many people they think are going to be just you know, there on the very first day of early voting, filling out their card and sending it in. He's probably hedging that just a little bit. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens between now and the end of the week. But you need every yes vote you can. Exactly. So don't risk it. Yep. You know? Um, well, we have a couple of minutes here. Uh, at the last minute on Saturday, I need to start checking my work email after we get off the air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did not. Um, instead, at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday, I had plans cancel. And I remembered that uh, Nate Bargetzi was in town at T-Mobile Center. On a whim, I went online, bought one ticket, and I went and dealt with the insanity that is power and light on a Saturday night. Um, for those who don't know, Nate Bargetzi, he hosted SNL recently, uh, did an incredible job. He is known for being a very clean comedian. He's got a couple of Netflix specials that are definitely worth checking out. And I really like him. I, I like that kind of cleaner comedy that, that does it for me. And so I decided to go. Show started at seven. Uh, there were three openers, I think. And then he did about an hour. Um, and if you went, I'm just curious to know what, what you thought, because it was a big crowd of over 18,000 people went. So did, did any of the openers stand out to you? No. Okay. Um, I don't like to be, I don't like to be a downer about it. Here's what I learned. If I didn't know this already is that clean comedy is difficult. And Nate Bargetzi is very, very good at it. And it's hard to be good at that and i was the the openers and i could not name you one of them right now i'd have to go online and look were they all clean did they, they all were work all clean, clean. Oh, okay all right and that's probably by design i mean he yes. he's gonna pick i mean at this, yep. at this point in his career nate bargazzi's gonna have exactly who he wants opening for him they weren't great okay but he was amazing uh, i wondered if it was going to be too much like uh the specials that he's done and it was the same themes but all new material. Oh, good. Which was cool. They showed to open the show um, at seven o'clock. They showed the weights and measures skit on the big screen, the jumbotron yep. from SNL, which was the best one um, when he when he did that show. I thought he would talk about the Chiefs a little bit more. He he only mentioned the. I mean, you're in Kansas City. It's the night before the Super Bowl. He wore red and black. Okay, but I thought he would make a few jokes about the fact that this is you know this is the the big thing that's going on and he sure. mentioned it right as he walked off stage but that was it but i laughed i mean i you know i said I, this was a great show to go go to alone i just bought a ticket and went had the time of my life seats were great i think the ticket was 35 bucks with fees it was 60 but nonetheless <laughs> um but it just clean comedy is difficult that's and he, how they get you he is just really really great at it and he has said before the reason he does it is because he wanted his parents to be able to go getting and not a, be embarrassed about it. Sure, yeah. And we're getting a lot of backup on the text line from people who were there on Saturday night saying the same thing, that, that he was brilliantly funny. Somebody said, we laughed until we cried. Yeah, I've I've seen you know, comics who work blue and mm -hmm. and been very, very impressed by them. Uh, I've seen guys who work blue that weren't funny, and that's all they had. I mean, um, I put, oh, what's his name? Um 
Oh, I can't remember now. A comic from the 80s who made a comeback recently. And that's all he did was swear and thought that was funny. And it's like, that's that's not funny. Give me give me something yeah. to, to, you know, to chew on. I don't care if you swear, but do that. And from the clean comics that I've seen, I mean, I think Brian Regan is hysterically funny. Yeah, and, I like him too. And he's another one who almost never works blue. Um, and John Mulaney's not the dirty. I mean, you know, he right. he rides that line a little bit. Yep. Um, Pat Oswalt, he, he can do mm-hmm. one or the other. Uh, you know, and yeah. I've seen him do that. But Bargazzi is clearly in the lead when it comes to that style of humor right now. So he's on a massive tour. If you want to check him out, I, I would definitely go and, and see what he's got to offer. All right, we'll take a break. Coming up, uh, can a new shot prevent a hangover? Get to that coming up on KMBZ. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 